Good to see you, 2.30 afternoon. And uh, we are starting a new series on prayer. And my title today, oh, there it is, The Supernatural Power of Prayer, Moving Mountains and Seeing Breakthroughs. And I'm beginning with spirit-led prayer, the power of tongues or speaking in tongues. And I will be focusing on speaking in tongues today. And if you haven't spoken in tongues and you're a Christian, you'll have an opportunity at the end of the service. We'll pray for you. But I'll be coming to tongues, but spirit-led prayer is one of the most needed things in the church today. Notice I said spirit-led prayer, not just prayer, because there's, a lots, there's lots of so-called prayer going on. Prayer meetings, prayer this, prayer that, prayer the other. But if it's not spirit-led, it has no power and very little effect. I mean, God may or may answer, answer it, I suppose, in his sovereign mercy in grace. But what we really need is spirit-empowered, spirit-led prayer, because that changes things. And speaking in tongues is not the full part of that, but it's a very important part of spirit-led prayer. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, a very familiar passage for us Pentecostals, when the power of the Holy Spirit came on the disciples on the birthday of the church. And they were filled with the Spirit, and they began to spoke, speak in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. They were praying. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under the earth, under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, looking to one another. Look, at, are not these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And going down to verse 12, all these different nations heard them in their own tongues. So they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. On this day, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Jesus had said to the disciples, Stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Even though they understood and had witness to the resurrected Christ, Jesus said, I don't want you out there witnessing. Who'd have thought Jesus would stop people witnessing? Who'd have thought he'd say, I don't want you going out? I mean, he spent the last 2,000 years trying to get us out. 
But right there he said, I don't want you to go out until you've received power from on high. In other words, the Christian life and the Christian witness is about anointing with the Holy Spirit. That means that our words and our actions and our prayers and our ministry must be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hey, there's many different religions in this world that try and proselytize, but we're not to be like those other religions uh, and just do it out of normal human reason or persuasions. Jehovah's Witnesses can do that, but we're, we're, we're to have something on us that's different. We're to have something on us that is supernatural, powerful, and of God. And you could see the effect of these people when they left that building. Jesus said, I don't want you to go unclothed. I don't want you to go naked in your human power only. I want you to be clothed with power that only comes from God. A power that comes from God Almighty Himself, the Holy Spirit, who will be upon you and in you and witness through you. So you thought part of the problem today is we're too naturally, too natural in our resources. We don't seek the Holy Spirit like we should. We don't yield to the Holy Spirit as we should. We don't allow Him to manifest through us. Uh, we need to wait on the Lord a little bit like they waited on the Lord. We should have more waiting meetings. I don't mean wait around. I mean waiting on God, waiting for a fresh clothing of His anointing and power. And during this time of great experience, we see there was different manifestations. There was the rushing wind. There was the flames of fire on their heads. But there was speaking in tongues. And it's those speaking in tongues that, that really, really made the difference because we've been having people baptized in the Holy Spirit for thousands of years in the church, but we don't get the flames on our head necessarily. We don't get the rushing wind necessarily. But when a man or woman is baptized by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, in the New Testament manner, they shall speak with tongues. And those speaking in tongues, a language that's not of your own, but is the originated in the Spirit, that when you speak in tongues, it's not just an evidence. Oh, look, they're speaking in tongues. They must have received the Holy Spirit. It's actually a gateway and starting point for a whole new Christian life. And it was the gift of tongues that was given at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's got many gifts. But at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of empowerment for witness and service, they didn't get the gift of healing. It didn't say, and the Holy Spirit was poured out them, and they went out, and everybody that they touched got healed. It didn't say even that miracles or faith, but it was the gift of tongues. And this is important. Later on, when Peter preached the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, for the first time ever, and as he was preaching the gospel... The Gentiles began to believe, and as they believed, God poured out the Spirit, and they began speaking in tongues. And it settled the argument. Many Jews couldn't believe that Gentiles could be saved. But they said, wait a second. Not only were they saved, that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit just as we were in the same manner that we were, for they spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues was one of the main arguments that settled the fact in the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, that Gentiles didn't need to be circumcised. That was one of the main arguments. Paul, when he spoke in Galatians chapter 3, he says, I am amazed that you Galatians are backsliding. Who has bewitched you or hypnotized you? Before whom Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. 
the cross and proclaiming the cross, the Son of God, the only Son of God, God made man, Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, died on the cross and his blood has power today. And wherever the blood of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ for all mankind is preached, there comes the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says, I am amazed that you've backslidden. You that began in the Spirit... How did he know that they were spirit baptized? Because they spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues was that which was witnessing to all those who were around them as they came out of the upper room in the power of the Holy Spirit. They were just speaking in tongues. It says here in verse 4, they were filled of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As we'll see in a few moments, when we speak in tongues, we have to give voice to the Spirit but it is the Spirit that gives us the words, the utterance. I mean, these 11 uh, disciples, not many of them were educated in any real manner. And yet they came out and they just gave their vocal cords. They gave themselves over to the utterance of the Spirit. And they're just speaking in tongues. They don't even know what they're saying. But at that particular moment, God was using their tongues and he was using them in a manner so that everybody heard the gospel or the praising of God in their own language. In their own language. Let's turn now to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Some people say, well, do, do all Christians have to speak in tongues? No, all Christians don't have to do anything. But all Christians can speak in tongues if they so desire. And some people say, well, when we look at 1 Corinthians, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. So I've heard people say, oh, when, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I think, I think I got something else. I think I got one of the other gifts, like healing. Well, that's a misunderstanding of the gift of tongues because there are two types of tongues in the New Testament. There is the gift of tongues that God will give you when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, and that gift is your spirit prayer language. And you can pray in those tongues whenever you want. Paul will say to the Corinthians that are abusing the gift of tongues, hey, I pray in tongues more than you all. And so you have an individual gift of tongues, and I'll explain the benefits of that in a few moments. That's an individual gift. You can speak it, choose to speak it. You can choose not to speak it. It's up to you. The Spirit gives you the words, but you choose to speak. And you can, once received, you can speak at any time that you want. That is your personal gift of tongues. However, there is another gift of tongues. And that gift of tongues, you can't speak at any time that you want. That's part of the nine gifts of the Spirit. How many of you know that with the nine gifts of the Spirit, all of them that are in operation today, by the way, and available for believers that yield themselves to the Holy Spirit, with all of the, those particular gifts, you can't make them happen. I can't make anybody be healed. It's not within my power to heal anyone. But if the Holy Spirit chooses and I'm available and asking Him, Lord, use me in the gift of healing to see people delivered then the Holy Spirit may manifest a gift of healing through my laying on of hands or my prayer. It's the same with prophecy. I, I can't choose to prophesy from God. I can't suddenly stand up here and give you a prophecy. I can be ready and available and seeking God, but in the end, it's as the Holy Spirit wills to give, me a prof to give you a prophecy through me. And the rest, the gift of faith. I can't work up a gift of faith in the gift of the... I have faith that I'm growing in, my Christian faith. 
and learning to trust God, but the gift of faith that comes upon you by the Holy Spirit, I can ask for it and seek earnestly the gifts of God but in the, and make myself ready for it so I'll be more of a candidate to be used by it. And, and if you seek earnestly the gifts, God will use them. If you're not bothered about the gifts, no surprise that God doesn't use you. But even when you're seeking God for the gifts, in the end, it's Him sovereignly as the Spirit wills that gives you that gift or the other. And there is the gift of tongues and gift of interpretation of tongues that are part of the nine gifts. And that particular speaking in tongues, I can't do when I want to any more than I can heal prophesy, move in a gift of faith or miracles or word of knowledge. I can make myself available, seek God and say, use me, Lord. But that particular gift of tongues, I can't just do at will. Why? Because that comes by the Holy Spirit. It's a special gift of tongues. And should I exercise it, it's not for my benefit, it's for you. When I speak in that type of tongues, that second type of tongues, it's towards you and it needs um, interpretation. Thank you. And so there's times when I've been preaching, and, then, and I've been preaching, and all of a sudden I just begin to speak in tongues. And I know that this isn't me speaking my personal gift, my personal prayer, but somehow what's coming out of my mouth in this tongue, it's hitting the congregation. And often when you have a gift of tongues from the pulpit for the congregation, you will see the effect on the congregation, something's happening with them, and then out of that, suddenly you start to prophesy or praise God. Something comes out, and you think, my goodness, this is like a machine gun. This is, this is the interpretation of my tongue. Now, where the Corinthians were getting mixed up is that they didn't know the difference between these two types of tongues. And, so, and, and because they were um, using the gifts of the Spirit as trophies instead of tools, they were wanting to show off, look at me with the gift of healing. It's me. It's not about God. It's me. I'm the man of God, the man of power for the hour. Look at my faith. Look at my miracles. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. My trophies. And that was their problem. That's why in the middle of teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, there's a whole chapter on love. Because God says, I'm not bothered about your gifts because I can give you a gift anytime I choose. What I'm concerned about is that you love one another, which was my commandment, my new commandment. That's what I want to see, love. The gifts will just come as, as I want. But what the, what the Corinthians were doing is they were getting up with their own personal devotional tongues and beginning to speak in them. They weren't preaching like I'm preaching to you today. They were just showing off. And you know what? I could have taken the microphone today and started speaking in my own personal tongues. And by, by four o'clock, I would have been blessed out of my socks. Because as we'll see, you speak in an unknown tongue, you, you edify yourself. But you'd have been bored out of your mind. You'd be bored because I'm edifying myself. Far better for you that I give five words of biblical instruction than thousands of my own personal tongues that the only person that gets blessed in is me. And so that was their problem. But having distinguished the two types of tongues, I want to speak more about the benefits of praying in tongues in your own life. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, remember, Paul is correcting the Corinthians because there's two types of tongues. One you receive when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's your personal prayer language. You can pray that at any time. And then another type of tongues that you can't pray at any time. God gives it to you for a moment that needs interpretation. And so he's correcting the Corinthians who don't understand these two types of tongues. 
But, but in doing this, he explains the strength of speaking in tongues. Okay, let's um, start at verse 12 of chapter 14. Even so, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, they were for the wrong reason, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to, to excel. In other words, the gifts are not for you, they're to bless others with. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Because if I speak in tongues to you for half an hour and don't interpret, it's of no value to you at all. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is fruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, if I were just speaking in tongues in my own personal spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? Then verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. One thing this tells us, that Paul valued his personal gift of tongues. They were abusing, showing off in the public place with their individual tongues. And Paul was saying, you think that you're tongue talkers. I speak in tongues more than you all. Why would he do that? Because he knows the power of speaking in tongues, his prayer language. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may, may teach others also 10,000 words, also than 10,000 words in tongues. Ba Brethren, do not be children understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the Lord is written, with men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me. And so, when we're speaking about a personal gift of speaking in tongues... Paul is explaining to us that these tongues are for personal edification. He says in chapter 14 of verse 5, I desire that you all speaking tongues, he's talking about for your personal life, but in the church, in a church service or a gathering of believers, he wants the other gifts to be manifest so that you are actually a, a source of blessing instead of just receiving the blessing for yourself. Because he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man, but to God. And speaking in tongues builds you up. Let me explain that a little, a little bit more. Speaking in tongues is your spiritual prayer language. When you speak in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit that gives you utterance. You still need to speak the words, but when you speak, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. They are from Him. It is speaking in other tongues. And Paul says in Corinthians that when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. The actual Greek word is to build up, like building a house. You edify yourself you build yourself up. You're speaking to the Father. You're not speaking out of your mind, but out of your spirit. Now, one of the benefits of speaking in tongues is that it aligns you to the flow of the Spirit in your life. 
I mean, if you were to say to myself, if you were to say to me, you know, I am body, soul, and spirit. That's what the Bible says. We're spirit, soul, and body. Well, how do you know yourself as a body? Well, physically. You can touch yourself. There, this is me as a body. How do you know yourself as a soul? Well, in your mind, your thinking, or your emotions, these types, are, or your intellect, these things are who you are as the soul part of who you are. So you know yourself as a body physically every day. When you get up, wash your face, you're knowing yourself as a body. You're constantly in touch with yourself in the soul part of you or the mind part of you in your thinking. But when you get born again, something happens to you that is miraculous. You are, in fact, born again. Ephesians 2 says, You that were dead in your sins and transgressions have been raised up with Christ. When you're born again, your spirit becomes alive. How do you know yourself as a spirit? How do you get in touch with yourself as a spirit? It's the most important part of who you are. It's totally and 100% saved. You are a new creation in Christ. Well, your body's not new, is it? Your mind is being renewed, but your spirit is made alive in Christ. You're born again. You're a new creation. So how do you know yourself as a spirit? Can't touch it because it's spirit. Can't think it because it's not soul. So how do you know yourself as a spirit when that's the most important part of who you are and meant to be leading every other aspect of your life? Well, the two main ways of knowing yourself and being in touch with yourself as a spirit is the Word of God and speaking in tongues. There's others, but we'll stick with those. The Word of God. Because the Word of God is living and active. It's like a two-edged sword and it cuts between soul and spirit. So if you want to know if you're just thinking religiously out of the soul, or whether this comes from your born-again spirit, that there's an anointing on it, that it's the Holy Spirit's leading, how do you know when it's just soulishness, or when it's spirit? Well, the Word of God will come and resonate with your spirit. Have you ever sat under preaching where, where you just feel something's happening on the inside of you? Or you're reading the Word and it's leaping out at you. You're reading Scripture and God is highlighting it and it's resonating on the inside of you. What's happening? The Word of God is cutting away the soul and it is, in, it is touching you, living and active and spiritually. That's why you have to read the Word of God on a regular basis. Not soulishly, but you come to the Word of God and you say, Lord, touch me, speak to me. Let this word be living and active. Let it do something inside me. And God will begin to speak to you and begin you to, you to understand spiritual things instead of so. But speaking in tongues, as we've just read here, it says that speaking in tongues, what is that? That is your spirit praying as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. And the reason that's important is because every time you speak in genuine tongues, you are praying a perfect prayer. Sometimes about things you don't even know about. Just like when the disciples were speaking in tongues for the first time, they didn't know that they were speaking in these different languages. They were just speaking in tongues. Their spirit was speaking and the Holy Spirit was using it in that way. So when you speak in tongues, what's happening is your spirit is praying. And when your spirit is praying, your mind is at rest. 
And as you speak in tongues, you become more and more acquainted with your spirit, your born-again part, where the Holy Spirit is leading and operating, where there's no resistance to God because you're a new creation, you're born again. Your spirit is perfectly attuned to God. It's your soul that needs renewal. It's your mind that needs to be renewed and washed and lined up with the Word of God. Your spirit's far ahead of it. The problem is most of us are mind-led. In the soul, we're mind-led. We think, oh, that's what I think, so that's the way it must be. Or we read the Word and we think, oh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not going to put that into my life. You're mind-led, but we need to become spirit-led because the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you walk by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you walk by the Spirit, your Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, you don't need Moses' laws and religious regulations. Just knowing love and the Spirit of God will lead you into all these things. So as you speak in tongues, you become more and more sensitive to the things of God and the things of the Spirit. You get used to your mind quieting down and your spirit giving forth. Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Well, how does that happen? How, how out of your innermost being, how does rivers of living life flow? How does it come? How do you experience it? Does it come out of your hands? What, where does this river flow? From where to where? One of, the, one of the main things that Jesus is speaking about, out of your mouth. And when you speak in tongues, you know, this is why I encourage you to speak in tongues before you get into praying with the mind so you can get properly aligned. So I will speak in tongues. I speak in tongues about 20 minutes every day, sometimes a lot more in different situations, but 20 minutes a day, uh, usually on my way into work. And I'm speaking in tongues in the car. And what am I doing? I'm just letting... The rivers of life from my innermost being flow through me. And just like those old-fashioned horse pumps, sometimes you have to prime the pump. You know, you get to those old-fashioned and you start pumping. And you go, oh, it's not working. But you know, keep pumping. Keep pumping because after a while, it begins to spurt out the water and then you get the flow. Well, that's a lot like speaking in tongues. Because to begin with, you might be too in the mind, too in the soul, too worldly in your thinking. And you begin to speak in tongues and your mind's fighting and your mind's thinking about this and the other. And you have to hush your mind. And you might not feel the benefits of speaking in tongues immediately, but you just keep speaking. You keep pumping. And those of you that speak in tongues regularly, more than like 30 seconds, know that if you keep speaking in tongues with faith, saying, knowing what you're doing, after a while the flow comes, doesn't it? This is why sometimes in our prayer meetings, because we all speak in tongues at Kensington Temple, or nearly all of us, uh, if you don't, you can speak in tongues by the end of the service. All believers can speak in tongues if they believe that, that, and, and, and desire it. Sometimes we'll all speak in tongues together. Why? To get in the flow together. And so I will speak in tongues regularly so that I can get sensitive. And I find that when I speak in tongues, my sensitivity to God's word, God's will, and God's way increases. When I speak in tongues... When I begin to then pray in English, there's a flow. You know, the Christian life, you don't want to be like wading through mud in the Christian life and praying, oh, it's so hard to pray in the morning or to ho- so hard to pray or so hard to do God's will. There's no flow in your life. 
You're stuck. It's like you've got, you're in the mud of your soulishness and you're trying to do God's will. Well, one of the best things, not the only thing, this is my topic today, one of the best things you can do is get the river flowing again. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues also not only builds you up, but it, speaking in tongues refreshes you. In fact, um, Paul quotes um, in uh, chapter 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21, with men of the tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And he's quoting from Isaiah 28, verse 11, and it's very interesting if you go to that to see the context of this. So there he is in verse 21, and then if we go to Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28 and verse 11, which Paul quotes about tongues, Isaiah 28, 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. It's powerful, isn't it? So Paul is saying that that scripture is talking about speaking in personal tongues. And in it, it brings rest. It brings refreshing into your lives. Well, no wonder that river of living water is flowing through you. And very often the river of living water can get blocked up with this, that, and the other in your life. And there's no flow. But speaking in tongues keeps you in the flow. And, uh, and I find that when I've spoken in tongues, like I've said, I am more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Also, speaking in tongues is a powerful way of praying. So often, I don't know what to pray. I find more and more in life, I don't know what to pray. The Lord's Prayer thing. I don't know what to pray. I'm thinking, I don't really know what to pray about this. I find that my two greatest prayers are like, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's like my, the amount of times I pray that prayer over different circumstances because I find that his ways are not my ways. And often when I used to pray, I used to assume that his ways were mine and found that I'd be praying one thing while I'd be doing another. So I pray, let, just let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be done in this, exactly as it's in heaven. And I know that that prayer is spot on. But also I'll be just begin to pray in tongues over the situation begin to look over the situation in my mind. I'll just get my mind to focus on the need. I'll just begin to speak in tongues. I find that sometimes that can shift many things. Shift many things. Many things I've seen a shift in when I've prayed in the Spirit over it. But to speak in tongues, you, can, you see, the devil's a liar, and he's always out to counterfeit the genuine spiritual. And when you speak in tongues... I always say this, for it to be properly effective, you have to do it in faith. In other words, whenever you speak in your prayer language, your spirit language, your spirit talk, as Bill Hammond calls it, speaking in tongues is your spirit talk. Whenever you begin to speak in your spirit talk, you have to do it in faith. Say, what do you mean? Like you did the first time you ever spoke in tongues. You know, when I got first got prayed, for speaking in tongues. I wasn't really in a good place for receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's not like I was seeking God for his power. 
I was a new believer and someone said, do you want to speak in tongues and be baptized? And why not? Didn't even know. Why not? I'll have a bit of that. And so I went forward to get prayed for. So you can see, you know, I'll have a bit of that, see what happens. And in my mind, I thought to myself, well, God, if you want me to speak in tongues, go ahead and do it. And I literally thought that God would take hold of my vocal cords, my tongue and my mouth and begin to supernaturally move them. And so they're all saying, speak in tongues. And I'm not resisting, but I didn't realize that I, you will speak in tongues, Jesus said. I needed to speak in tongues and trust that God would give me utterance. And so when you first speak in tongues, for those of you that remember, you're like, oh, you want, you know, you're saying a few words and you say, is that the Lord? Is that baby language? Do you know, if you ask the Holy Spirit, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you some gooey, gooey baby language. And so someone said, speak it out, speak it out. And I started to, but because my mind was so set on God moving my mouth, I went away and I thought, that's not speaking in tongues. And for a few weeks, I didn't do it. But then I came back in my personal devotions and thought, you know what? The Holy Spirit says, God says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. So I began to do it in my personal devotions and began to see that it was real. So you need to speak in tongues. And that means faith. You've got to believe that when you speak, God will give you the words. And when you first do that, it's like, okay. But after a while, you get the flow. It's priming the pump. So when you're prayed for to receive tongues for the first time, it should flow like a river. But if it's a little bit of here and there, just remember it. It's a bit like that pump. It's coming out. But you begin to speak in tongues and you flow. But then you should speak in tongues by faith like that every time. And I remind myself, I've got in the habit of reminding myself now, and sometimes I, I forget, I say, right, am I, I going to pray in my prayer language now? And the first thing I do, if I remember, is say, and I'm going to speak as if I'm speaking for the first time. That means that whatever language you want to come out of my, out of my mouth, whatever vowel signs, whatever type of consonants you want to use, Lord, you are free. I do not know what's going to come out of my mouth in the next few moments. That's why I normally do personal tongues at home. <laughs> because some strange sounds can come out of your mouth. Some strange, especially when you get in the flow, some of the sounds and groans and words, you think, he's speaking Chinese. Sounds Chinese. Speaking Russian. It's like, it's like, it's like a friend. I don't know. I'm just... And, and that's why I like personal devotions, and I'll, I'll do them in church. But I've got to admit, I say, Lord, don't let anything weird come out. I don't know if I should say that, but maybe I need to get freer in the spirit. Because, the, because I, I, always, I, hear people, I can hear people coming down the corridor at work and know who it is speaking in tongues. Well, here, here she comes again. You know, Kishka Kondai, Kishka Kondai, Kishka Kondai, Kishka. Oh, I know who that is. You can tell some people by their tongues. It should not be so. It should not be so that you can tell somebody. Repeating the same sort of things over and over again. I've been in Pentecostal prayer meetings or with believers and we're all praying in tongues. And it's like, okay, we're going to pray in tongues. And they immediately go into some sort of psychological mode. They've spoken in tongues so often that their mind has figured it out. So I can do that. I can say shabba shabba shoe. My mind speaks English. Well, some of you, you speak two or three languages and your mind goes shabba shabba shoe. I can fake that. We don't need a spirit for that. I can get in on this. It's like your mind says. 
And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, speaking tongues. Shabba, shabba, shoo. Shabba, shabba, shoo. Shabba, shabba. Shabba, shabba, shoo. Shoo, shoo. Shabba. Shabba, shabba, shoo. And your mind's having a laugh. And nothing's happening. Nothing supernatural's going on. Why? Because your mind is just repeating some words it heard your spirit say. And that's why some people stop speaking in tongues. And that's why sometimes you don't feel the benefit, the power, the edification, the refreshing, the rest, and the breakthrough alignment of speaking in tongues because you're shimmying and shooing out of the mind. You need to speak in tongues and scare yourself. Sometimes when I'm speaking in tongues, I scare myself. I have to take a break. Because my mind has just freaked out again, like it did the first time. And so it should. Show, so my mind should freak out, because I'm giving free reign to... Now, I'm not saying that everything has to be weird. I'm just saying I'm ready to speak in tongues in those personal times of deep prayer and devotion that you're not invited to, where I, where I allow myself to say, God... I am going to speak in tongues and utterance as you give it to me, and I am open to anything. I tell you what, once you get in the flow, minutes go by, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you are lost in a flow, and your mind begins to get dizzy with the things of the glory, and your mind fades away, but your spirit comes strong, and then you begin to see things in the spirit. You begin to have what Peter said, Dreams, visions, prophecy. As you speak in tongues, suddenly your mind comes into line. Your mind begins to be overcome by the anointing of the Spirit. After all, they spoke in tongues on that first day. And when they came out of that door, they didn't know where they were. And people were saying, look, drunk. They're drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning and they're drunk. Well, what does a drunk person look like? Like me? Hello. Speaking in tongues. You all need to get saved. You wouldn't say he's drunk. You'd say he needs a drink. Losing himself up a bit, but he's not drunk. These were like, they were like so, their bodies couldn't, their bodies were not under control like they should be. Their minds were not under control like they should be. Why? They were heavily under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And they'd been speaking in tongues. It's not by accident that they were heavily under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That the body had been quietened and the mind had been quieted. And the spirit was flowing like a mighty river flew through the mind over the body. They came out. They were trying hard to keep themselves physically there. Their, they were just speaking in tongues. Their mind was not embarrassed like it should have been. Not intimidated like it should have been. They'd been hiding in a room for I don't know how many years, for how many days. But they were bold, strong, and although it may look on the outside that they weren't together, they were totally spiritually together. And preach and Paul preached a sermon that brought thousands to Christ. That's where God wants us. Spirit-led prayer. And then out of tongues. You begin to see things you've not seen before. Scriptures begin to come to you. Words begin to come to you. Prayers in your own language begin to come. But the prayers in the own language aren't the sort of like, Dear Lord, I pray. Step one, two, here's my list. 
but your English, or whatever your first language is, is now flowing. It's flowing. You're in a different realm. Sometimes you need to speak in tongues strongly to get into that realm because you have to overcome the forces that are around you in this devil-ridden atmosphere of this city. And also you have to overcome the forces that are within you. Unbelief, soulishness, worldliness. But when you're speaking in tongues, by faith, open to the Holy Spirit, and you're speaking in tongues, things begin to happen. Sometimes, you know, in my position, I get to meet, and over the 20 years I've been here, many different types of preachers with great power and effect. And one thing I can say to those that have discussed it with me over the years as a young minister, when I used to ask them, Speaking in tongues pray, plays a tremendous part in their ministry. Really, I don't say I do this. Maybe I should. Really, we should speak in tongues longer than we preach for that preaching. Really, we should do that. We should get in a flow so that we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. So speaking in tongues, Paul said to the Corinthians who were abusing the gift, I pray in tongues more than you all. The great apostle prays in tongues. There's nobody here, I believe, there's nobody here that prays, prays in tongues more than the apostle Paul does. Does If he valued that prayer tool, and there's other tools, we're focusing on this day, if he valued that prayer tool so much that no one, not even those abusing it, could out-pray him in tongues, I think we need to do a little bit more. Make it a little bit more of our life. When they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, many things can happen when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. The one thing God wants us to move forward in is tongues. We have the worship team back again. We're just going to stand together. We're just going to finish on a song. So you better move and get everything ready quickly because don't want to delay. We ask the ministry team to come forward. Those that serve here at the 2.30 or if you're a cell leader, just come forward. And what we're going to do is we're just going to praise the Lord. And while we're, we're just going to sing a song, and while that's going on, some of you might want to sing along with the song. Some of you might want to just begin to speak in tongues, but speak out of faith. When you go home tonight, when you go in, I want you to revitalize this wonderful gift. If you've never spoken in tongues before, during this time of worship, we just encourage you to come to the front and we will pray for you and believe that God will give you utterance. If you're a Christian here today, then you can speak in tongues. You just ask for it. We'll pray for you and just have the faith to begin to speak. You're priming that pump for the first time. It might stutter. After all, Paul said in stuttering tongues. But that flow will come and it will become a major part of your supernatural life. Let's begin to worship begin to hallelujah we worship you Lord we worship you Lord Hosanna let's just tune ourselves to the Holy Spirit if you've got this gift of tongues begin to sing in tongues and speak in tongues right now as the Spirit gives you utterance say to yourself I'll say whatever you give me Lord and begin just to speak in tongues some of you are going to get new tongues diversity in your tongue's life right now. 
and we're going to begin to worship the Lord and you're welcome to come out if you want the gift of tongues today you want help with it you come out anytime from this moment and we will pray for you